0: Welcome to The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell, along with Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. We call this the intersection of politics and economics because I look at the world through the view and through the prism of politics, while Dave, of course, looks at it through economics. And together, we try to give you a fuller view of what both worlds and how they impact your bottom line. Dave, we are seeing something that, Honestly, I don't think many analysts predicted at the beginning of 2023 with how bad a year 2022 was. The fact that we are seeing stocks near all time highs is sort of unfathomable with the inflation that prompted so many analysts to predict with so much certainty that by this point we were going to be in a recession. Instead, we see GDP at 2.4%. That was a big surprise. And do you think this is just unbridled? optimism because of the fact that we appear to be headed towards that, what I thought to be a mythical soft landing by the Fed?
1: They were fighting a fight, Dan, with limited amount of tools, right? So they can raise interest rates, they can jawbone, right? They can talk things down. And of course, they can reduce their balance sheet. They did all three of these in an attempt to slow down inflation, which partly was their fault in the first place. But as you recall, six months to a year ago, we were having this kind conversation, and I said, anytime that you see 90% of economists agree on something, you probably should take the other side. And as you see the odds of a recession is not the base case for the Federal Reserve anymore. And What I mean by they're fighting a fight, we knew we had inflation and there's a lot of reasons for it. But you look at where it's embedded and inflation is going to stay embedded in a couple of places. And one is wage inflation. The job market remains very strong. And number two, housing still remains strong. There's still a lot of people who are getting multiple offers on their homes for sale. So those two pieces will remain embedded. But the Federal Reserve looks like if this was not their last rate hike last week, they are right near the end of their rate hiking cycle. So where do we go from here is really the question as we head into the end of 2023 and early 24. And as you know better than anybody, we have an election.
0: We certainly do. And a new poll by the New York Times and Siena College shows that at least on the Republican side, it's probably not going to be too much of a Contest. The polling shows Donald Trump at 54%. Now, this is nationwide, and what anybody who actually follows polling will tell you is that national poll results don't really mean anything because we elect presidents on a state by state basis. We essentially have 50, technically 51 when you count the District of Columbia, different state elections. But Trump is leading Ron DeSantis. to 17%. No other candidate is above 3%. And that includes the former vice president, Mike Pence, uh, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, who sort of had his moment where he popped up in one of the polls that came out and he's an entrepreneur and Uh, Basically, I think personally, and this is my personal opinion, Vivek Ramaswamy is running for my job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's running to be Mm -hmm. a conservative commentator, Mm -hmm. uh, just like Nikki Haley is essentially running for vice president. There's all sorts of reasons to get in a presidential race that don't involve being president. Chris Christie is a classic example. He's running to be a talking head on CNN. He doesn't make any campaign appearances. All he does is go on cable news because he's actually running to be a talking head. That said, it does not look at this point. Now, granted, we've got a debate in Milwaukee in just a couple of weeks that has the potential to shake things up. I don't think there has ever been a candidate with this sort of lead this late, and it is early, but it is sort of late. Now we have the full Republican field, I think, set. I don't think I've ever seen a candidate with this level of a national lead lose it. Well, well,
1: we'll have to see. I mean, as I just said, 90% of economists expected a breakdown in the economic background and a recession has not this happened. This is true. We all will, will recall 2016 and 2020 how bad the pollsters were. I mean, almost like they should find something else to do. I think it's early yet, you know, I do talk to our clients and in the circles that we're running and we you know we ask them about this and I got to tell you Dan, a lot of people cringe when they say it's going to be Biden and Trump, so uh, I think it's early, and, and I put a lot of faith in the American people to do the right thing. I don't. I know, I know you don't. I, I know you don't. I know you don't. But
0: I am. Uh, uh, I am paid to be a cynic. <laughs> uh, I think. I. I frankly, I think it is going to be Biden and Trump. In fact, I, I actually think. I hope not. I think it's it's more likely that Biden is not the candidate, then Trump is not the candidate at this point right now. Just based on what I'm seeing and the polling from the early states is sort of painting that same picture. I mean, you see Trump with just massive leads in Iowa and massive leads in New Hampshire and South Carolina. If he wins those states, in fact, I think if he wins Iowa by more than six or seven points, You're going to have the media just declaring this primary over and voters are going to believe that. Now, what I've thought for a long time, just as I thought in 2016, that and especially in 2015, I actually think the Republican nomination was over in 2015 and people just didn't know it. That Donald Trump was so popular among the Republican base, primarily because you had a media that desperately wanted to see Hillary Clinton elected, right? So what was played on CNN, on MSNBC, on any news channel, whatever, right, in its entirety, Trump rallies, Mm -hmm. Trump was given all of the coverage. It was estimated that he had more than a billion with a b a billion dollars in free advertising from not just Fox News, not just conservative news. Yeah, members, MSNBC Newsmax, was pushing him, right? MSNBC. He was calling in to the Joe and Mika I show, morning I remember. Joe. People, I remember watching that? No other that. candidate, yeah. no other candidate was allowed to just get on the phone and call in. But because Joe and Mika were friends of Donald Trump. Now did they want to see Donald Trump win the presidency? Of course not. Well, they I think they, I think they pushed him
1: forward because they thought it was just the opposite was exactly. going to happen.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what they did. It was actually Hillary Clinton had a word for it. It was called the Pied Piper strategy. And remember when her uh, campaign chairman's emails got hacked? Mm-hmm. There was an email that Password. showed She w- <laughs> right. She was most yeah yeah. She was most scared of Marco Rubio. She thought that the Republican who polled the best and and their team thought that the Republican who was most likely to win was Florida Senator Marco Rubio. Okay, they wanted to therefore and they were pushing this out to their media allies. They wanted candidates like Rubio to have to follow farther, more extreme candidates like Ted Cruz, Ben Carson and Donald Trump like the Pied Piper, he would lead them into more extreme positions. And the idea was to promote those candidates. Guess who, by the end of 2015, when this memo became public, were the top three Republican polling candidates? Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, and Ben Carson. Mm -hmm. Primarily because they were the candidates who were getting the media attention. Marco Rubio never had a chance because there was never going to be any sort of coverage of him. Right now, I believe the exact same strategy is in place. And had it been Marco Rubio versus Donald Trump, one-on-one, I'm just picking Rubio out because of the Pied Piper strategy, right? Had it been Rubio versus Trump, Rubio would have won the primary. And Rubio very likely would have won the presidency. Mm -hmm. Okay, We forget, and and there was this, I think, myth constructed about Trump's strength in the Rust Belt, the old blue wall that came crashing down. Trump won Pennsylvania. He won Michigan. He won Wisconsin. Well, he appeals to the blue-collar people. Have we forgotten how hated in those states particularly Hillary Clinton was and is? I think any other Republican would have won. I firmly believe— Any other Republican would have won and probably would have won by a bigger margin because Trump turns off so many voters. Because there was such a massive field, Trump, with his core base of support of maybe 20 percent of Republican voters, that's probably a little bit higher now, was unbeatable because they were going to vote for Trump and nobody else. Whereas every other Republican was splintered amongst the Rubios, Jeb Bush, uh, the, the, the Scott Walkers of the world, Ted Cruz, all of these John Kasich weirdly was in the uh republican fight until the very end chris christie all of them were basically allowing trump to win with 20 percent in various states now guess what there's just as big a republican field in 2020 why do you suppose that is I firmly believe there are a lot of candidates in this race who are angling for positions in the Trump administration and are only in this race to take votes away from Ron DeSantis, who's the only other Republican besides Trump who can win. Yeah. Well,
1: again, I'm I'm going to remain a contrarian, number one, but there's a point here that that we have to remember, and that is, and bring it back to economics, there is the base case that the Federal Reserve is going to start lowering interest rates in the middle of next year before the election. So there's two things that's going to tell us. Number one is that is probably when the economic backdrop should have bottomed out, or number two, lowering interest rates could really make the market even rally higher. So you can talk about all time highs, perhaps at that time, Dan. So there's there's a number of things that could happen as we go into that election. And that's why we're talking about this intersection One more thing. China is really in a deflationary environment. They have stimulus. If China comes back online with all of their stimulus, that will have a boost to GDP, not only there, but here as well. There could be a situation where we don't have a recession. The market is rallying. People are feeling good about their wealth effect. That could set a backdrop for the current president.
0: It could. It certainly could. I... Hmm. It's very difficult to know what's going to happen on the Democratic side. I firmly believe that this corruption investigation into Joe Biden is far more serious than people think. Think. Right. And I'm I'm basing so if he this doesn't, on- but
1: I'm not saying if he doesn't run. I'm talking about third party. Even if, okay. run, if, even if he doesn't
0: run, even if he doesn't run, you're thinking they're in a stronger
1: position. It depends what the economic backdrop is, and it's very hard to win an election if you're in a recession, and we saw it over and over and over again. And so we'll have to watch to see what the GDP report is, but it's lining up that that slowdown that we expected in 2023 could be in 2024. And if that oh, happens, okay. I yeah. see what
0: you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Uh, so I thought I, Dave, I thought you were on team soft landing. Mm-hmm. Somehow I thought you, you think that we're actually, we have a run up See, Okay. Here's, here's what I'm seeing. Personal savings and people's personal financial outlooks are not mirroring. It's the exact same thing that we were seeing throughout that sluggish recovery of the Obama years, right? Right. People, for a long time, we, we, that's had, correct. Right, right. We had the jobless recovery. Well, right. now we have we have a whole lot of people going back to work, but we have no one with any money saved up because they were spending so much, right. because they were getting this government stimulus, enhanced unemployment, all of this other stuff. And what I'm seeing is if you are going to start seeing any sort of economic slowdown, you will see a loss of jobs. You will see a loss of GDP. If that happens, if we see a recession in, let's say, the summer of 2024 – I don't think there's much chance for the incumbent party to to win the presidency again. I I mean, we've seen this time and time again. So it's not going to matter if it's Gavin Newsom. It's not going to matter. The weapon against Gavin Newsom is his state. I mean, the the ads almost write themselves. Do you want America to be California? And especially (laughs) if the candidate for Republicans is against all odds, Ron DeSantis. Remember, it's not just the primaries, Dave. We also have criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump. We have absolutely no idea what's going to happen with that, although I do uh, probably have at least an educated guess. Right. With that said, we will have to leave it there. That was what so I much fun. Say, we just ran out of I time. Know, I know, I know. I love, I love talking about see, this is politics. And what I do, I love talking about economics. I I wanted to talk about AI and Palantir and and how companies that are sort of leading the way in AI are just, you know, dominating on the market. And in any event, what I will tell you to do is go to AnnexWealth.com, where you can have just as engaging and fun a conversation with a financial analyst who's working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary about how all of this impacts you. Get a financial plan, a free wealth metric, a review of your portfolio at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. This has been The Difference.
1: Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation, or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.